Welcome to The Gathering Place with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. First Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord God, you who know all things and know where you're leading us and how you wish to speak through us, we give you permission to guide our conversation now. We pray for open hearts to all who would receive it so that your word would continue to take root. Um, And Mary, we ask for your intercession. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 That was a good one, Father. You're good at that. (laughs) (laughs) Like you're a professional. Hi, Father Matt. <laughs> Hi, Beth. Hi, Jenna. Hi. Thank you so much for being here, Father. It's great to be here. Thank you, Beth. Thank you, Jenna. Father Matt and I um, both did ministry in the same beautiful mountain town for a couple of years before I moved down here. So it's just good to see you and talk to you. Thanks for being with us. It's great to see how the Lord doesn't waste anything, but he just moves us to further uh, reaching just more people. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Father, you're the best. Hey, we thought we could chat with you a little bit today about evangelization, because this is kind of your bread and butter. You are the chaplain of a major university. Um, You're working with college students all the time. In fact, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your ministry? Sure. I grew up in the Phoenix area, and I was involved in a life teen parish, and the youth group really just helped me see the, the importance of sharing the faith with others. I was involved in that in college as I graduated from ASU, worked for a couple of years uh, as an engineer and then as a youth minister. And, and the Lord just said, I want all of you. And so I ended up uh, going to seminary, being a priest. And after one year, the, the bishop called and asked if I would go to Northern Arizona University to be the Newman Center chaplain. At the time, there was no full-time chaplain. And I was like, okay, that's it. I guess so. And, and I realized how the Lord had been using and everything in my life and preparing me for what I'm doing now, uh, which is really evangelization. It's, it's sharing the good news with uh, young hearts that, that really were made to, to receive it. And uh, there's been, it's been so fulfilling and life-giving to be a part of that. So I've been here, what, this is, I'm going into my 10th year here in Flagstaff and I love it. Well, I, I love what you just shared. You gave just like a very succinct beautiful, simple explanation of evangelization. And I I think that's a good place to start because I wonder sometimes if people shy away from evangelization because it's like a a churchy, technical word. And sometimes we feel like that's only the work of people in full-time ministry. So can you say a little bit more about that? Maybe more on your working definition of evangelization. Yeah. No, I I know a lot of times we hear now evangelization or the buzzword of new evangelization and, and we can feel kind of overwhelmed like, or, okay, well, is this a new program or what are we supposed to, we need to go out. But, but what I've come to realize is evangelization just, it means good news. And if I want to be a, a bearer of good news to others, I have to first have received the good news, not just like a few years ago, but like this morning, mm-hmm. like the Lord is trying to speak good news into my life today. Mm-hmm. And by me being connected to him today, it's going to allow him to overflow in my life, to work through me, for me to notice him, so I can actually follow and cooperate with him wherever I go. And so he, he's not 
So he's not calling me to start a new program. He's not calling me to walk up to the president's door and knock on it. But instead, that, that as I am led by the Holy Spirit and I am aware of God with me, which comes through personal prayer and the sacraments, that, that the Lord can work with me today within the five feet that I interact with people, that the people in my home when I wake up and I'm tired and the, the person next to me in class and my roommates who are still mad at me because I didn't do the dishes last night or, you know, like whatever it is, you know, like that, that that's where it happens. And, uh, and it's not like, okay, now I need to sit down and read the Bible to you. But it's I need to treat you with the dignity and respect that you have as a son or daughter of God, that I remind you of your dignity that, that, that we all forget about. When I think of evangelization today, it's, it's first encountering people at a human level, treating them with love and dignity as, as, as Jesus would, as Jesus desires to through us. And, and I think that it's that relationship that eventually opens the door that at some point when God ordains it, that, that now we can speak the good news, which, I don't know, it looks different for everybody. Like, uh, I saw this guy at the gym this morning, and he said uh, he dropped his coworker off at the Newman Center. And she's like, what's this? This is a church with a basketball court? And she's, he's like, yeah, this is where Father Matt's at, you know? And, and, and so that became the opportunity. Like, all of a sudden, like, oh, so, wait, he, like, goes to the gym, and he likes basketball, but he's a Catholic priest? God's real? God's alive? That was a moment, you know, and, and it happens every day. We don't have to force it. We just follow. Father, I love how you shared that it all really begins with a personal prayer life. That was really insightful and convicting to me that really the only way that I can know where the Lord is leading me throughout every single day is to have that moment with him of encounter, of silence, of hearing where he, where he is right now in my life. And... I think that's something that we can often forget, especially in the midst of busy life is we're just going to keep going and keep hustling and, and, you know, deal with our families or dealing with all of our classes and how important or essential is that personal prayer time? What should we be doing in that personal prayer time to kind of launch us for the rest of the day to be able to have an openness to where the Lord is allowing those encounters with other people? Yeah, that's a great question. I, First, a comment on on that is I, I think like say a mother you know who's busy with you know kids and running around and it's like I can't do evangelization I have to go shopping before the store closes but but the evangelization the good news is to say God knows exactly where I'm at right now God knows that I need this He knows that the store is closing He knows that my child is sick and God loves my child more than I do that God's in control and so. God wants to speak the good news into my situation right then in the midst of the craziness. And so me, say as a like if, as a mother, would if a mother would like just to just to call to mind in that moment like God's got it. Mm. God knows where I'm at. He's in control that I can take a breath and say it's going to be okay. That maybe we don't get the medicine, maybe we don't get the food, maybe it doesn't work out as I planned and it never does by the way. <laughs> you know like that, that because it works out better. Because God has a plan. It's not like yes, no, and maybe. It's like God's like, no, I got a better way if you'll just like relax and let me lead you. And so so prayer, I do think it's important to, you know, even if it's just like 20 seconds of just taking a deep breath and be like, God, thank you for today. I don't know what's going to happen, but you do. Mm. I give you permission to lead me. Amen. You know, or, 
or maybe that's your prayer in your heart when you're driving and the kids are screaming in the back seat when you're trying to get them to school on time. And I, I don't know, just whatever the situation is, that the moving prayer, you know, and, and the movement of our life, the Lord is moving with us. And so to acknowledge that just in the silence of a moment of our hearts is, is to recognize that, I, Lord, I want to be led by you and not by the frenetic other things that are pulling at me in my day to day. That, that I want to be drawn and led, not uh, reacting and mm. just frenetic. I do think just maybe the other thing that I think I suggest for like married couples when I do marriage prep and stuff is it's really beautiful. Like my, my brother said this one day, I, I was coming down to visit him in Phoenix and he's like, oh, if you come at this time, that's when I'm doing my holy hour. And I was like, what? I was so <laughs> proud. Here's my brother. Like he's like, I'm a husband and a father. So his holy hour is 10 p.m. on Sunday nights. My kids are in bed. And I start the week right with an hour mm. with me and the Lord. And his wife allows that to happen. She's at home. And then I think it's Tuesday at like 2 p.m. That's when she has her holy hour because the kids are at school. My, my brother's at work. And it's and, and so carving out and being intentional about like I need an intentional time, even an hour a week, just to sit and be reminded that the Lord wants to know me. Like, mm. I want him to love my kids through me and to love the people around me. But first and foremost, he wants to love me. And so just to go and receive that. Yeah. I love framing evangelization in that way, that it's, it's really the overflow of what we've received. We're not generating the message. We don't have to have the exact right thing to say. We're, we're just so full that it overflows into other people's lives. And, and what the world is looking for today is witnesses. It's all too easy to spot hypocrites. And it makes me think of Pope Paul VI, who wrote the document on evangelization in the modern world. He says, modern man no longer listens to teachers, but to witnesses. And mm. if he listens to a teacher, it's because he was a witness first. Mm. And so it's kind of like the whole old adage of kids don't listen to what their parents say, but they watch what they do. Yeah. And so when we are allowing the Lord to transform our lives, that we're witnessing to the world, to, to our kids, first and foremost, our spouses, that, that this is genuine and that my relationship with the Lord is transforming me. And it actually, it attracts, like the Lord invites, right? He attracts that the people around us see that and say, well, maybe, maybe I should stop by the chapel. Maybe I can go with you to mass. That that's the invitation nowadays. I think it attracts in, by our witness. Totally. I can think about people in my life who have blown me away in terms of their relationship with the Lord, but not only their relationship with him, like me knowing that they're doing a holy hour or knowing about their prayer life, but my encounter with them and the Lord. So whether it be them praying with me or saying what they see in me that they think the Lord is doing in my life, like really integrating their personal prayer life with our lives and our friendship and seeing those witnesses of people who have this deep prayer life and they're just sharing it with me. And I'm like, I want to be like that. I want to have a prayer life that's that deep, that, that I feel that intimacy with the Lord and I can't help but share it with someone else. Right. I, I have a, a thought. It's, it's a, kind of to address a false humility because sometimes I think people will say, especially to women and say, man, you're so joyful. You're so peaceful. And internally we're like, no, you know, like if, if you only knew the truth, I'm not that way at all. But I, I think, you know, Mother Teresa for 50 years, she really felt distant from the Lord mm -hmm. in her personal life. 
But that woman radiated joy and peace. So my proposal is, isn't it possible that as I come to know the Lord, that I might actually be personally having struggles or sufferings or difficulties, but is it still possible that because I'm still connected with the Lord, that the people around me actually are being honest and genuine when they say, you're so peaceful, you're always smiling, you always seem to be in a good mood, that maybe we could just receive that and say, maybe they're being honest, and maybe the Lord is actually working through me in ways that that I don't realize. And he's also showing me the capacity for deeper union, that the fact that I'm thirsting for more faith or more peace in my life, the Lord's preparing me to actually give that to me, but it doesn't mean he's not working, Mm. but that he actually is. Yeah, I remember reading you know, when the, when the book came out, come be my light, mother Teresa's story and her letters. And it was so shocking to people that she experienced this deep, you know, dark night of the soul. But I remember having the thought like mother Teresa, come on, how could that have been going on all the while you're doing all this good work. And like you're saying, radiating peace and joy, meeting people with such openness and joy. So I think you're exactly right. I'm so glad you said that about false humility because I think um, I could use a dose of that too. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty hard to receive. Yeah, and to receive that that God is actually calling me to reach out to people. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's different than maybe I think. It's not, okay, I need to invite eight women to my Bible study. Maybe it's, I'm going to invite this woman to go grab coffee. I know she's been going through a hard time and her and her husband are struggling or whatever, but the, the, the evangelization in the world today, it's not going straight from zero to 60. It's like Jesus on the road to Emmaus, that he's walking with the disciples and they're actually going the wrong direction. Mm. And he speaks to them. He asks them questions. He says, what are you talking about? <laughs> As if he didn't know, you know, like, and and I think that that's, that becomes a point of prayer also. Well, how do we pray? How do we talk to the Lord? He wants to know what's on your heart. He wants to know like what sort of things. <laughs> what sort of things are you thinking about? Or I heard somebody say recently, not just what are you thinking about, but what is taking an emotional toll on you? What, what are the top three things that drain your emotional energy? It could be a relationship. It could be an upcoming event. It could be a person in your life. And that's exactly where the Lord wants to go. He's like, tell me all about that because it's burdening you. You're feeling heaviness. And that's my invitation for you to bring that to me. And, and it's only after the disciples share what's on their hearts that now all of a sudden their hearts and ears are open to be able to hear Jesus speak the good news. That I think it's okay. People say, well, I go to pray and I, I'm, I need to just listen. It's true. But I actually think it's okay to just share what's on our heart and get it all out, like, bleh. <laughs> you know, like you just get it all out. But then you pause and wait. Don't just say amen and walk away. Aim, like, wait, because that's the space where the Lord's going to speak. And, he, you know, especially to be reading scripture every day, that's his word is power because his word breaks through the words that I create for myself that are not always accurate. But his word is truth. And that convicts me, and then it, it renews my energy to go in the right direction and actually to join the Lord as he walks with people perhaps in the wrong direction, to walk with them, to have coffee with them, to share life with them, invite them over for dinner, you know, and and, and it's from relationship that the, the door is open for an encounter with the Lord. Father Matt, I feel like I want to tell everybody 
that this is true, that you live this. And I, I'm so grateful for your priesthood. I'm so grateful that when I sit in a mass that you're celebrating, that I know that the homily is, is the fruit of your prayer. It's the fruit of an intimate relationship with Jesus. And, and that you're so generous with what you've learned from him. And, and that's the best witness. I mean, hearing you preach, hearing you talk about your prayer life makes me want to pray. So what mm. a gift. Thank you so much. No, praise God. No, that, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Can I, can I sort of put you on the spot? But I'm prepared to answer this question too, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so I would love to know what good news Jesus is speaking to you right now. I, so there's like craziness in our culture and like, you know, the church is in the news. And, and, and yet in the last week and a half on the college campus— I've had more students ask about sacrament preparation, baptism, becoming Catholic, confirmation than like in my 10 years of being a Newman Center chaplain. Wow. I went yesterday. I went with I was uh, I picked up we have Newman night speaker or whatever. And I picked him up and we went to In-N-Out Burger just because. And uh, <laughs> and like the guy at the register, he's like, oh, are you are you a priest? And uh, he's like, oh, you know, he said, are you a pastor? And I was like, yeah. I'm the Catholic priest for NAU. And he's like, oh, I didn't know. So now we're talking about faith at the register. And then we go to leave and like the, some Vietnam vet with a hat, you know, and like biker type. But he opens the door <laughs> and he said something like, hey there. And I was like, hey, how's it going? And then he's like, blessings on your day. And it was just like, the Lord is like, I'm here. Yeah. The evil one is always at work, but let's just not forget who has the victory. Mm. And and to keep our eyes focused on him, like Peter walking on the water, I mean, it's crazy. The first week of school here at NAU, we do these big events just to let people know where we are. And we had over 1,400 students come through our doors the first week. And I just remember there were two different, there was um, this girl, she showed up to play this game with us and and, uh, she was sharing with me, she's like, well, I... I used to be from Flagstaff, but I haven't gone to church in eight years, and I don't know. And by the end of the night, people are just kind of hanging out. And she, as she leaves, she says, hey, Father, what time are Masses on Sunday? And I told her, I told her, like, 10, 30, 5, 39. She's like, I'll see you at the 9 p.m. Hmm. And it's just beautiful to see that, like, I didn't say anything about that. I just said, hey, tell me about yourself. Where are you from? And, and the Lord is at work through the relationship, even when I can't even see it. When, with eyes to see it, when we're focused on the Lord, we're going to see him in everything. Yeah, that's beautiful. Beth, I'm curious. What good news is Jesus speaking to you right now? You know, we have, Jenna and I are actually both a part of a small group, like a very small group. There's only five of us. And we get together semi-regularly mm-hmm. just to pray. I mean, we kind of catch each other up and um, so we're, we're journeying together in a way, but really the whole aim of our time together is just to pray for one another, pray together. And I've just never experienced anything like it. Like as soon as we start praying, the Holy Spirit is so present, the comfort and the consolation, the love I have for these women. So we just met last night and this morning I woke up and I just had this like lightness in my heart and gratitude and I realized it's because we prayed together last night. I feel so heard and seen, and I have so much love for these other women. And we're, we're really united in such a special way in God's heart by doing this together. So there was a lot of good news spoken to me in prayer and by these other women last night. Praise God. Thank yeah. you for sharing. I, I think 
women's hearts especially, but all our hearts, we're made for that. And I think people are waiting for an invitation to that communion with each other and with the Father. But I, I think we're so scared to reach out. But if we recognize God is already reaching out, <laughs> God has already put it in their hearts. And so how beautiful that you follow that lead and experience that. It's great. Yeah, it was. You know, it was a little awkward at first. I don't think anybody really had the had the experience or the framework like, OK, so we're just going to we're just going to pray. And, you know, as Catholics, I think we're we're not totally comfortable with spontaneous prayer. It does take practice, but it's been beautiful to see the relationships and um, just like the hearts unfolding over all these months. So it's been beautiful. Jenna. What a gift, Beth. <laughs> Jenna, what good news is Jesus speaking to you lately? I was, I'm still in Matthew, guys. Still in the Gospel of Matthew. I've been here for like, how long has it been? Forever. It's been the right amount of time, friend. <laughs> anyway, so I don't know where I am because I don't pay attention to the chapter numbers. <laughs> But it's after the second spreading of the loaves. Also, why are there two stories of that? It's mm. so weird. Anyway. Thinking about that, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Father um, Matt could probably tell you yeah. why there are multiple, <laughs> multiple accounts of that. It's, it, it, it could be because it probably happened more than once. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about Father. I was like, oh, Matthew must have just like copy and pasted this part. Like his scriber just like wrote the same thing twice. Thanks, Father. Father, oh, no. I'm going to no, no. pray about that. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. It's blowing my mind. It will keep happening. The Lord is so good. Okay. Anyway. But he, so, that's what he wants to do. He wants to keep feeding us. Right. And he's preparing us for the Eucharist. He's preparing us for – he's going to give us our daily bread. And, and he gets our attention by feeding physically because he's trying to open them up to say, I really want to give you something better spiritually. I mean, I'm dying. Like, My, he does it once, and it's like, oh, well, remember that time I fed you? Hang on to that. No, yeah. he's going to do it again? Okay. So cool. Anyway, Jenna, proceed. Literally loving this right now. <laughs> okay. Anyway, at the end of that, I don't remember what they... It's something about, like, I kept writing, they were amazed. Because it was either the disciples were amazed or the crowd was amazed, something like that. And I was like, what do we do after we're amazed? Mm. Like, what is it that they did after they were amazed? Like, there, there's a response that we have in some way after that amazement, after he feeds us. Lord, what am I supposed to do next? Like, I am amazed by you and your goodness and your generosity. And what is my response to that? So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like, I want to just keep being like, I am so amazed by you. Mm-hmm. And I want to respond. Not in, a, in an obligatory way, but yeah. like, what is my heart's response to that? That's beautiful. It sounds like an invitation just to receive. Yeah. Yeah. I love when these podcasts turn into small groups. (laughs) 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 Father, I'm curious, what have you learned about Jesus, about evangelization, about yourself working with college students? I've realized how broken I am. I thought I had it all figured out. But the more I go, the more I realize I don't. But I've realized that it's those cracks within me that allow the Lord to come into me and to flow out of me. And so especially, say, stories and moments of healing that I've received, that the Lord, it's almost like a a muscle stretching that now I have a greater capacity Mm -hmm. to share that love with other people. So, for example, the story of the prodigal son, Luke 15, 
I, I can't get enough of that. Mm. And and I realize like and I and I notice it when I'm listening to people talk all the time because they they'll feel like a condemnation and a judgment. But that's really what the sons are projecting on their father. But the father in his heart is this joy and this delight the whole time that that he delights in his son, whether he's one foot away or a hundred feet away or a hundred miles away. Like I have a son and I love him Mm kind of like delighting in the amazement you mentioned, Jenna. It's like that I can sit and just receive and delight and feel joyful even though he's not here, that that's how the father feels about us. But what does he want? He wants to share his delight in his son with his son, that he he has so much to give his son. He's not disappointed. He's not angry. He's not resentful. He has nothing but joy in his heart for his son. And he just, he just wants his son to receive that. And he recognizes the son might not be, have the capacity. The son might have hurt and all that stuff. And he says, that's okay. I'm not going anywhere. And when you're ready, like, here's a small dose. Here's more. Here's more. And so for us, like, as we grow in that relationship with the Lord, there's so much he wants to give us. But it's all that goodness. And and, and I, I need him to clarify how I've projected the disappointment or the shame. And I also feel like like the son runs back to the father. The invitation for us, like Adam and Eve, they turned in shame away from God. And all of our invitation in daily prayer is to turn towards the Father like Jesus does on the cross and show him everything, especially those things I don't want to talk to him about. And, and actually by doing that, by showing that the darkness, the, 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 the poison within me to the divine physician, that's what brings healing. That's what a, when all that black poison's out, that he's going to pour in his love and healing. And anyways, and so I just... So the two movements, to summarize, is the goodness of the Father that allows me to turn to Him with all that I am and and to hold nothing back. And precisely by doing that, it opens me up to receive even more of His goodness. That's so good. Father, thank you so much for, (laughs) uh, for sharing your heart, lending just all the good things that God's given you and done in you, lending that to us and to so many, especially to those lucky students at NAU. <laughs> oh, praise God. It's a gift for me. And I think whenever we face suffering or difficulty, it's, it's, a, it's a purifying. It's, you know, gold comes out. It, gold needs to be purified, you know. And, and, but if we keep relying on the Lord and allow him and choose to allow him to do what he's doing, it's, it's actually liberating. It's actually and uh, uplifting it's enlightening anyways there's so much reason for hope and joy because he he came so that his joy might be in us and our joy might be complete boy that's a good word there really is reason to hope thanks father yeah. you're hey, welcome would you mind um closing us in prayer yeah, absolutely i'd love to in the name thanks. of the father and son of the holy spirit amen heavenly father you who know all things and hold all things in your power who have created each person that is because you knew that the world would be a better place with them. Lord, help them to recognize that you don't just like them, you, you, you love them and like them, that you hold them in existence and you have a plan to work through each and everything that happens today and every day for good, for redemption, for a better future than if that bad stuff never happened. And so Lord, I pray for the grace to come to you with all that we are, especially the stuff that feels heavy or shameful that even more so you would desire to go there so that we might walk in your 
light and your peace, that uh, your burden is easy and light, that we wish to experience that. And so, God, renew our hope and help us to recognize you with us every moment. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Father, for spending the time with us today and sharing your heart. It's just been wonderful chatting with you. Yeah, and likewise, ladies. God bless you <laughs> and your, your work and uh, sharing the Lord's goodness with others. Thanks, Father. See you later. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast. Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us at blessedisshe.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.